Hi, you're listening to my mom, Kat Lee, on the Inspired to Action podcast. Hey, can I listen to it? Hey, my name is Kat Lee, and I want to welcome you to the Inspired to Action podcast. I hope this show is the pep talk that you need as a mom, a reminder that what you do every day is life-changing, and it matters more deeply than you could ever imagine. Out of all the women in the world, God chose you to be the mother of your children because you are special and amazing and he has called you and he will equip you. So thank you for serving your family, for loving your children fearlessly and for fighting to be a great mom. This episode is for you. Let's jump right in. Hey friends, I hope that wherever you are right now and whatever you might be doing, that you're having an incredible day. I want to start off this podcast by just congratulating those of you who did the meal planning boot camp that I did on my blog last week. I know it's a lot of work and I know it was a little bit intimidating probably when we haven't been meal planning and we think about it, it feels overwhelming. But for those of you that just jumped in and did the homework and got the stuff done, I hope you're enjoying just that feeling of relief that you have, that it's one less thing to worry about. And I hope that this is just the start of less meal planning stress for you, that you've got those menu plans under your belt, and you can just build on it from there. And and the reason that I, I meal plan and that I really encourage it so much for everybody listening is not because it's just some organized thing that's great to do, but because it's one less stressful thing that takes up your time and your energy and your effort. I want you to have more time for your kids and for your husband and for the things that you love to do. If you're not spending a ton of time last minute thinking of what to make for dinner or spending a whole bunch of time meal planning and creating a shopping list, then you have more time to sit and read that book you've been wanting to read or to watch that movie with your kids. And that's what I I want for you. It's not about the meal planning. It's not about being organized. It's about freeing up time for things that you're more passionate about. So if you didn't go through the the boot camp, you can still check that out on the blog. The videos are up there. Just go to inspiredtoaction.com forward slash meal planning boot camp. Now, this episode of the podcast, as always, is brought to you by the fine folks at plantoeat.com who make my meal planning so simple. And those of you who did the boot camp know how simple it is. And I know I got so many emails from you guys about the how the meal plan automatically makes your shopping list. Because honestly, isn't that the most annoying part of it all? You pick out what you want to eat and then you have to kind of make your shopping list and organize it into categories. I love that Plan to Eat does that for you. If you want to check out their free trial, you can go to plantoeat.com forward slash inspired to action to check that out. Now, in today's episode, my friend Megan Teets is back. She shared in episode, I think it was 61, about personality types and motherhood and how knowing our personality type and understanding our children's personality types can have a huge impact on how we mother each of our kids individually. In today's show, she's talking about personality types and marriage, and this is huge and good, good stuff. So, We're going to be talking about how Myers-Briggs, which is a personality type test, in marriage can kind of unlock our different modes of communication. And we're also going to talk about how you can help your husband be at his best by understanding his personality type. And then finally, how we can appreciate each personality type. Because sometimes the annoying things that we think that our, our spouses do, it's really just part of the personality and is something that if we look at it from the right perspective, that can be really appreciated. 
So let's jump into this episode today with Megan Teets. Hey, Megan, how are you today? I am doing well, Kat. How are you? I am doing very well. I'm really excited to have you on the show. The last time you were on the podcast, we had such fantastic feedback. Well, good. episode. It was, if you missed it, it was all about motherhood and personality. And as I say that, just to clarify, I'm talking to you, the listener, not Megan, because she was there. Yes, I was there. She was actually there. And (laughs) if I remember correctly, that was episode number 61. So if you have not listened to it, rewind, go back, listen to it, because it was really, really good, especially if you nerd out on personality types and stuff like that. And even if you don't, you need to, because it's so helpful and so (laughs) fascinating. And uh, so today we're talking all about marriage, uh, personality types and marriage. Yes, Um, yes, we are. Mm -hmm. But for those people who didn't listen to episode 61, I would love it if you would introduce us to yourself and uh, a little bit about you and your family and what you do online. Okay, sure. Um, my name is Megan Teets, and I blog at sortacrunchy.net. Uh, my husband and I live in Oklahoma City. We have four kids, a nine-year-old daughter, a seven-year-old daughter, and 22-month-old twin boys. So <laughs> we stay very busy here. You're very busy. Very busy, but it's a good busy all the time. So um I'm so excited to be talking about marriage and Myers-Briggs today because um, navigating differences in marriage is what got me interested in Myers-Briggs to begin with. So I feel like this is um, sort of like goes, takes me back to my roots of (laughs) when I very, very first began to dig into the Myers-Briggs system. Um, So I'm just going to start, and again, uh, maybe many of the listeners have listened to our our discussion about Myers-Briggs and parenting, but I'm going to just go ahead and give a quick overview um, so that we all kind of are starting on the same page as we begin to talk about Myers-Briggs and marriage. Um, So when we talk about Myers-Briggs, it's a personality typing system that um, when you take the test, and we'll talk about, I'm sure, talk again a little bit about some ways to take the test, um, it will give you four letters. And each of those four letters is a representative of um, one of uh, four different pairs of letters. So I'm just going to kind of go through those, Kat, if that's okay, and just kind of give you a a brief overview of the system. Does that sound good? Yeah, that'd be fantastic. Okay. All right. And so the first pair of letters, and I talked about this on the Parenting Podcast, it's the one that people are the most familiar with across the board, I think, and that is the extroversion or introversion split. That's always going to be your your first letter. You're either an E or an I. And we talk about extroversion and um, introversion. Um, A lot of times we think about how we um, operate in social contexts, like do we like to be the life of the party? Do we like to be out with friends? Or would we rather be at home quietly reading a book or going for a walk by ourselves? Those are sort of the popular understandings of extroversion or introversion. When we're talking about Myers-Briggs, though, that uh, split is actually talking about what brings energy to your life. How do you recharge your batteries? Does being around people recharge your batteries? And, And thinking about being around people in the most positive context, because mm-hmm. <laughs> all of us can think of situations where we're around people where it's a little bit draining for everybody. <laughs> so <laughs> when we're yes. talking about, you know, just going on a girl's night out, really recharge your batteries, really fill you up. Um, going to your Sunday school small group uh, 
Christmas party or whatever, uh, enjoyable things? Um, or are you the kind of person who really feels energized and filled up by getting to spend some time alone? That is the difference um, when we talk about extroversion or introversion. Um, the next split is between um, intuition and sensing. So that's the second letter. So you would either be an N or an S. In Myers-Briggs, since introversion already got the I, then intuition has the N. That's uh, something to remember when we're talking about the N and the S split. And when we're talking about in, um, intuition or sensing, we're talking about how do you gather information from the environment around you? Our S's, our sensing types, are going to be the people who really notice in the environment around them, they really notice the concrete details. They tend to be um, a little bit more detail-oriented and look at things in a very literal or concrete kind of way. Our N types, the people who are um, intuition oriented, are going to be people who um, they tend to look at the, um, how can I say this, the underlying meanings of things. They look at mm -hmm. patterns. These are people who are going to deal better in the abstract as opposed to the concrete that the, the sensing types um, sort of specialize in. And again, so that's like looking at your environment. When you walk into a room, do you immediately notice the actual, uh, the things that appeal to your five senses in the room? Or do you look around the room and kind of pick up on the unwritten uh, things that are going on in a room? So that is the N and the S split. Is all of this making sense so far? Absolutely. So good. Okay. Okay. If I'm unclear on anything, just feel free to interrupt and okay. I'll... I'll explain a little better if I can. And um, the next split then we have is between the T and the F, and that is between thinking and feeling. So you would, in your, um, in your type, you would either be a T or an F. This has to do with how we make decisions. All of us are thinkers at times, and all of us are feelers. However, you tend to be geared more towards making a decision from things that are logical or rational. Those are our T types, our thinking types. They are better at um, really just objective thinking, looking at sort of the black and white facts of a situation and making a decision. Our F types, our feelers, are going to be more subjective. So they're going to be looking at... Um, how does this decision match up with my internal sense of values? How do I feel about the outcome of this decision? And they're going to make decisions based on those subjective things rather than the objective things that a thinker would be looking at. Okay. Yeah. So for, for our audience sake they you know they've heard you on the podcast before possibly, or maybe they uh -huh. know you from your blog and they hear me every week. Uh, let's share what our, Myers-Briggs types are, which are actually the same. So what, what's your... Yeah, ENFP. Me too. Woohoo! We should yes. make t-shirts. I know, we should. <laughs> um, so so let's let's talk a little bit about if, if somebody hasn't taken it before, if they don't know what okay. they are, where can they go online to take this test? And then give us a couple tips on how to take a test. Sure, sure. The one that I have just been recommending so much lately because it's free and I think it's fairly accurate. And um, I've even tried to throw the results a few times and like answer slightly differently on some things that it still brings me back to ENFP. Um, is it 16personalities.com? 
And again, 16 personalities comes from the fact that in Myers-Briggs, there are 16 different possibilities for personality type. So you can go to 16personalities.com and uh, choose to take their free test. And it's pretty accurate and it will give you your results. And when, another thing that I really like about their site is that once they give you your results, they have um, all kinds of information broken down into um, how this affects your personal life, how it affects dating and marriage, how it affects parenting, how it affects you in the workplace. Mm -hmm. And so you can kind of read through those profiles. And if you get a test result that you're like, hmm, that doesn't quite ring true for me. I don't know about this. You can kind of look through the different profiles to see if there's something that you feel like might be a better match for you. Um, when you're taking the test, the biggest thing that I tell people is to answer the questions, first of all, completely honestly. Um, answer in such a way that you do not take into account if your answer would make somebody else mad or that you think this is how you're supposed to answer. Um, be sure to answer what is absolutely honest for yourself. And then to think about answering in the most healthy, best version of yourself. Mm -hmm. um, as I talked about on the parenting podcast that we did, um, especially for those of us who are moms, we kind of tend to operate in uh, various seasons of healthiness <laughs> or unhealthiness. <laughs> I mean, I myself was up at 3.30 this morning with a toddler who just could not stop coughing. So I am definitely not feeling at my healthiest. Um, so, but just imagine, sort of visualize yourself answering in the best and most healthy possible way for yourself. And I think that those are two really good tips for bringing back the most accurate test result at 16 Personality. So. Yeah, I've shared that with so many people since you mentioned that the last time we talked. It's just such a great, great point to make, especially for moms. Yes. Because we, you know, if we're even if we're taking it in the evening versus the morning, maybe we, yes. you know, depending on your, who you are, maybe in the evening you're just frazzled and you're like, no, I don't like to be with people. Yes. You know, all, you know checking all these things or in the morning if you're too tight, you know, so just the best right. version of yourself. That is such a fantastic tip. Okay, so you mentioned a little bit that Meyer, that your you know marriage and personality differences are what got you into Myers-Briggs. Can you yes. share a little bit of that journey? Yes, I, I would love to. Um, so my husband and I both took the test, as many people do, when we were freshmen in college. We were actually in the same intro to psych class. And so as the years went by, I kind of had this in the back of my mind that we had had completely letter-to-letter -letter opposite test results <laughs> that I had tested as ENFP and he tested at the time as ISTJ. Um, and so, you know, as marriage goes on and you kind of work through the newlywed years and then you're into the childbearing years or whatever, into building your career years, you know, as time goes by, things come to the surface like, okay, we're going to either have to um, figure this out and work through it, or it's going to be something that is troubling us the rest of our lives together. Mm -hmm. So I began to look into this because I kept thinking, we are total opposites, but at the same time, we um, have a lot that is in common. And, and, you know, there's just different sort of quirks, I guess you could say, about our, our different personalities that sometimes when it comes to the surface, it um, causes problems for us. So 
I began to really study his personality type. I knew kind of a lot about mine. And and as I looked at mine, it was not a big surprise. But as I looked at his personality type, I just felt like it allowed me to understand him in such a different way um, to know that as a very, very, very strong thinking type, that he was not you know, intentionally making decisions that were going to be, um, you know, hurtful or not taking into account other people's feelings that he just genuinely operates in the thinking space so much that that is just his natural instinct to make decisions from that place. And so, you know, and it also explained why too, my husband has always, from the time we got married, always had a, a, a career where he has to be on all day long. He's talking to people He's interacting with people, but he's also highly introverted. Mm. So it was such a light bulb for me that, you know, he would spend all day at work talking, talking, talking to people. And when he'd come home, he basically just wanted to kind of crawl away into a corner, Mm -hmm. (laughs) not have anybody talk to him for a while. You know, for a lot of years in marriage, that was really hurtful to me because here I am and I'm an extrovert. And, um, especially once I became a stay-at-home mom. I was, you know, home with a toddler all day and not having any kind of great quality conversations, just waiting for him to get home. And here he is needing to go away and recover and I'm needing to extrovert onto Mm -hmm. him. (laughs) And so you can imagine that it caused some strife. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Well, I imagine that is such a true scenario for so many marriages. Yes. Yes, yes. I I really do. And for me, and the the reason I became such a passionate enthusiast of Myers-Briggs is because for me, just being able to understand that, that I don't have to take that personally, Mm -hmm. that I can understand that that is, is literally the way his brain is wired. And that one of the ways that I can really give him grace and really, um, love him in a very specific way is to um, proactively make sure that he has that time and space to recover at the end of the workday um, for his own health and well-being. And when he is healthy and in a, a, a place of, you know, feeling recharged and recovered, that can only mean good things for our marriage. Mm-hmm. So well, I think one thing that I love about Myers-Briggs is it eliminates the idea that either person's personality is either good or bad. Absolutely. They're just different. And it's just a completely different lens with which they, through which that they see the circumstance or the decision or whatnot. And it's just such a, it's just an eye-opening perspective to say, okay, that that they're not bad. That's just the way that they work. Absolutely. Absolutely. And one of the things I find fascinating about Myers-Briggs is that it's the study of how our brains um, take in information and how we respond to information. I mean, it breaks it down on just kind of a really objective level of just being able to say, yeah, like you just said, it's not anybody's fault or it's not a um, it's not a negative thing. There's nothing wrong with being introverted. There's nothing wrong with being um a really strong J type that really likes to make decisions really quickly and and move forward with action, that that is actually a wonderful strength and learning how to play to our strengths and understanding our weaknesses. I mean, I think that it can only bring good things to relationships. Mm -hmm. So let's say that one of my amazing listeners wants to take personality tests and maybe she can even talk her husband 
into doing it. Yes. <laughs> um, so what are some fun ideas that you might have for an evening when they both take, it sounds so nerdy, but it's so fun. <laughs> they both take a personality test. What do they do once they have the results? How do they start the discussion and, and, and where do they go from there with the information that they have? Okay. Well, the first part that I want to speak to is I, do, I have found in conversation that a lot of times, and I, I hate to paint with really broad strokes, but a lot of times men are a little bit hesitant or reluctant or outright negative <laughs> towards personality stuff. Um, I don't know if it's a guy thing, but there are definitely certain personality types that do not like to be put into a box. So if you encounter this in your partner, I say, you know what, you can still go ahead, guns blazing, and find out everything that you can about your own type and kind of start to piece together what type that they might be. So anyway, I just want to offer that caveat first mm -hmm. that, that I have run into that. Well, first of all, in my own marriage, but secondly, in talking to other people, um, it's not uncommon uh, for um, at least one partner in the marriage to be like, yeah, no, I don't believe in any of that. <laughs> <laughs> However, if you do get to carve out some time to really dig into this stuff. I mean, like you said, I think that sounds like the most amazing way to spend an evening. <laughs> I know, me too. <laughs> is to talk about this. Okay, so what you could do again is uh, you can look at 16personalities.com. There are a uh, there are a plethora of resources available on the internet or in books that you could check out from the library that fill in a lot of um, question marks. I think about what this means. Okay, so you have these letters. What does this mean? How does this apply to everyday life? One thing that I think you can do again, just starting really simple on the Sixteen Personalities website, is to read through each other's profiles and to talk about, especially if the person, if your partner is um, reluctant to buy into a personality system. One thing that I think really helps is to look at the profiles and say, "This is true about me for sure. I really relate to this." But this section over here, I don't know. That doesn't sound like me quite as much. I tend to think more this way, or I tend to make decisions more this way. And that's totally okay. I mean, of course, none of us are going to be like this sort of textbook case of our type. We are all wonderfully, amazingly created individuals. So um, that that might help draw out a conversation in somebody who's a little bit reluctant to, um, to read through the profiles and to spend an evening talking about this. But so if you're taking the time to read through the profiles, um, I think that it can really be a great springboard for communication. Um, one thing that my, I have talked to my husband about so often during um, the course of my research on this is that we are both, both of us have as one of our functions, and as you get further into Myers-Briggs, you kind of discover the different um, theories of cognitive function that goes into it. But both of us are extroverted thinkers. So that means that for both of us, um, we like to uh, talk out what we're thinking about, and it helps us to be active as we are thinking. So for me, if I have to think about something, like if I've got a problem to solve, I have to be doing something. Like I'll go do the dishes or clean house, or even um, as we're talking about something, I'll pick up a pen and paper and just doodle. And so to someone else, it might look like, oh, she's like totally checked out. She's not paying attention anymore. She's doodling over there. Mm -hmm. But in reality, the way that my brain works, because I'm an extroverted thinker, 
It helps me to be doing something as I'm thinking. Um, He is an extremely strong extroverted thinker. And so as he is tackling a problem at work, even though I can't really weigh in, he does stuff with financial advising that is like way over (laughs) my head. So even though um, I can't necessarily like give him like feedback, like I think you should do this. And um, it really helps him as he's trying to like really wrestle through a problem to talk it out. And so I can, again, um, really just show love to him just to listen as he's talking it out and know that there's no pressure on me to like solve the problem. Mm-hmm. But as he's talking it out, he, he himself is solving the problem. He just needs to be able to talk through it. Mm-hmm. So anyway, that all goes back to the fact that I think that one of the huge benefits of Myers-Briggs in marriage is that it unlocks our different modes of communication. For somebody who's an introverted thinker, which is the opposite of both my husband and I, when they have to solve a problem, they're going to want to sort of like close in and go inward and really spend some time just quietly thinking through things. Um, and then emerge with the solution. But they don't really want that thinking process to be um, something that takes place outside of themselves. They do better when it's something that they can kind of withdraw and work through on their own. So as we begin to discover these things, again, I think it just opens up so many new paths of communication between um, a husband and wife. But I mean, I just love that because it, it eliminates the whole, oh, well, they just don't like me or they're mad at me hey. or... Or it it helps if you have an extroverted thinking spouse and you're more of an introvert and you're like, Mm -hmm. oh, my goodness, they're still talking. Yes. It gives you that much more grace to to think, okay, I am serving them and helping them just by sitting here and listening. And and takes, like you said, it takes that pressure off of having to come up with a solution because maybe – Maybe you're the personality type that wants to have a solution, that wants to solve the problem. Right. But if you can understand these things about how you work and how yes. they work, it can, you know, completely nullify so many different conflicts. Because, you know, for example, if you are the sort of personality that wants to solve a problem and they're the sort of personality that just wants to think out loud, mm-hmm. then it can create so much conflict because they're just processing through things. And then, exactly. you know, then I come in and say, oh, well, that won't work. And this is yes. the solution. And then they feel, ju- you know, it just can, just understanding these things can be so incredibly, incredibly powerful. Yes, 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 exactly. Yes. Uh, and then I think also, can people take this information and then apply it to the different areas of their life to apply it to, okay, uh, I'm this personality, you're this personality, let's talk about finances, or let's talk yeah. about this other area. Um, yeah. mm-hmm. Is that something that you and your husband have done? Or how, how would that look for a couple? Yes, absolutely. And again, as you begin to read through the profiles and understand um, more about yourself and about your your partner, that definitely comes into play because you begin to understand, okay, my personality type, for example, um, tends to be, I'm just going to throw out an example. There's, there's personality types that are extremely like impulsive. They do not think through things, just however they're feeling in the moment, that's what they act on. Understanding that about themselves let's talk about, you know, finances, they may realize, okay, my natural way of operating is to just like, if I want this, I'm going to buy it. (laughs) (laughs) But, 
you know, I'm aware of that and I'm aware that that actually wrecks our family budget. And so, um, again, it kind of, I feel like another thing that Myers-Briggs really does, and we, we touched on this in the parenting one, is that it eliminates the shame factor mm-hmm. um, because you're just understanding, okay, this is my natural bend. It doesn't mean that um, it's not an excuse. In fact, I say that a lot as we're talking about Myers-Briggs. Myers-Briggs offers an explanation but it's not an excuse for bad behavior. Mm, so good. So um, again, so if we're talking about finances, um, if you've got somebody who's super impulsive, they are aware of that. On the other hand, you know, if you have somebody who's like on the other end of the extreme, somebody who micromanages every single detail and wants to like control every detail of each part of this aspect of our family's life, well, that can be draining in a marriage and in parenting. So it can be something that they can be aware of. Okay, my natural tendency is to really over control in this situation. And I need to be aware of that. And I need to give my partner permission to call me out when that's starting, when I'm going into that mode. Mm -hmm. And um, we need to figure out where the middle ground is here. And I think it's so interesting too, Kat, because I mean, you know, there's the age, age age old adage that opposites attract. I do find as people begin to discover their personality types, a lot of people find, wow, I'm married to someone who's like completely opposite of me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's great. I think it's a beautiful picture of how God brings people together um, to meet in the middle. I tend to be a highly emotional, feelings-oriented person. And here I am married to somebody who is highly intellectual, thinking-oriented person. It can cause conflict, but as we surrender that to God, it, uh, it makes space for Him to bring us together to find the middle ground that's going to be the healthiest balance for our family. Mm-hmm. So I do, I think that any area of life, whether it's... Um, housekeeping. I I have a friend who um, is married to somebody who is the total opposite of her on housekeeping. She's very fly by the seat of her pants, just kind of clean things when they get really messy. And he is much more like has really um, uh, specific things that make him feel more comfortable in their house if these things are done. And so as they've looked at their personality types, again, it's not that my friend is wrong or that her husband is wrong. It's like, okay, we are way far apart on this. How can we meet in the middle? Um, I think it can apply to every situation of family life. Mm -hmm. Well, and you know, it also eliminates that idea of the perfect spouse, whether you're thinking about yourself or whether you're thinking about the spouse. You know, I wish... I was more like this, or I wish my spouse was more like this. Um, but yes. instead recognizing that we are all made very differently and, and you know, we don't want, to, we're not made to fit into a certain box. God could have made yes. clones if he wanted to, and he didn't. Yes. Um, and so just eliminates that whole, you know, thought process that we can have in our head, that comparison element that yes. can dissatisfy us with ourselves or with our marriage. Um I, in the last episode, um, Josh Lawson, I interviewed him about marriage and money, and he shared this great analogy that I just love about how marriage is kind of like an orchestra, and people um, are on the same page, but they play completely different parts. Yes, and that's my, right. my my girls are in orchestra. One daughter plays the viola, the other plays the violin, and they would practice sometimes. And sometimes it would be really, um, actually, I surprisingly 
thoroughly enjoyed the cacophony of all the different sounds. But yes. <laughs> um, sometimes they would be practicing different songs or on different pages, and it sounded all wild and crazy. But when they would play, even though they were completely different parts, they didn't sound anything alike, but when they were on the same page mm. and, and mm-hmm. playing it together, it was beautiful. Yes. And I love that analogy. I think it's so perfect with the whole discussion about personality. Absolutely, we're yes. very different, but we can so complement one another. Um, yes, I don't know what Jimmy is actually. He took the test, and it he said it was he was ENFP, but I don't really believe that. <laughs> so I think we need to do that again because he's he seems very the opposite of me, but very much, very much compliments me. I tend to be a um, an activator and want to just I, I probably would be a first responder but not always responding properly <laughs> where yes. he's yes. much more slow to respond, but very, uh-huh. very deliberate and always right in the way that he responds. Yes. And so, you know, if there's some sort of emergency, we, we are perfect team because yeah. I'm right there. And then he's following in with the actual correct right. response, you know? And so just the way we work together works perfectly. It's just very, very different. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, what is really interesting as we're talking about um, adults taking the test, because in our parenting podcast, we kind of talked about trying to peg what our kids are. Um, I think as adults, as we take the test, especially as we're in our 30s and 40s, when we're really starting to live into who we are created to be, um, we find that we have this idealized um idea of of the kind of person we're supposed to be that's maybe based on like our family of origin or the community or culture that we grew up in. So I think it's not unusual at all as adults maybe are taking the test for the first time or taking it for the first time since they were in college or high school to um, really kind of like think, am I really answering this as honestly as possible? Or is the voice of my father in my ear, you know, saying this would be the correct choice? Or, you know, as I think about, am I answering this the way that my hometown would expect me to answer it? Or am I saying, okay, you know what, I'm almost 40 now. So I think I <laughs> think I can answer this way. And, and this is actually more uh, accurate for who I am. So I do think that's interesting that, um, that a lot of times as adults, we are we kind of have to work through some of that stuff as we're taking the test in order to get to that place of having the most accurate um, feedback from the test. And I've had to take it multiple times, sometimes just for fun, because, I, you know, those little tests on Facebook that tell you if you're like Anna Green Gables or if you're yes. like Rachel Lind <laughs> or yes. Katniss or whatever. And right. so I, I've taken it many, many times. And yes. sometimes I take it, especially when it's one of those, I'm like, well, I want to be like Anne, so right. surely I'm going to just, yes. you know, skew my answers that way. So I, I feel like I've gotten to the EF, ENFP diagnosis right. um, yes. a, through a process. And right. so, you know, your spouse might need to take it more than once um, yes. in, in different yes. scenarios and different seasons. Yes. So, you know what, let's talk a little bit, though, about um, the listener whose spouse is not interested Okay. How, how can she just apply this in her own life? How can it impact her marriage, even if her spouse is not even remotely interested in all these acronyms? Sure, sure. And I will say from the get-go, that was me for many years. Um, my husband would sort of like tolerate my Myers-Briggs talks beca- talk because he knew that it was really important to me. It has taken me um, many years, and I've never really like tried to twist his arm or convince him of the value of it. But 
because it is something I'm passionate about. I very naturally talk about it a lot. And it's only in the past few years that he started to go, yeah, that, that actually really makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, but so I completely identify with the person who's like, yeah, my husband is never going to go for this. Um, one thing that you can do, um, first of all, I highly, highly, highly recommend figuring out your own type and really reading up on and really getting a good strong hold on who you are as a person so that you know, okay, um, I tend to be really introverted and this is, you know, being around family all of this time at the holidays is, is going to be really draining for me. The best thing I can do for my marriage and for my kids is to make sure I carve out some alone time, um, to take care of my introverted side. Um, when you, spend time investing in yourself. I look at it as self-care. I really do. I think that it's taking care of yourself as you understand yourself, what is going to help you to be the healthiest person you can be. Mm-hmm. Now, when it comes to marriage, again, you it's no fun and it's um, not that productive to try to to really like rope somebody right. <laughs> into getting on board with this with you. <laughs> so, you know, one thing that you can do is sort of read through the profiles. It, it helps sometimes too, even just to look at the four major classifications. Um, David Kiersey took all of the Myers-Briggs information and put together the four temperaments in Myers-Briggs. Um, you have your NT types who are your rationals. Um, there are the NF types, the, the idealists. The SJ types are the guardians and SP types are the um, artisans or the performers. Even just starting with those four temperaments and reading through those, the descriptions of those temperaments, that might be a great place to start. Even if you don't feel like you can peg your partner to the letter, Mm -hmm. you might be able to recognize them in the descriptions of the temperaments. So that might be somewhere to start. And as you feel more comfortable with that, you could kind of drill down into the the, um, different types within those temperaments. And kind of try to navigate through. But even if you don't ever really feel like you've you've pegged your partner and, and, and he is just like not going to do it, um, that is still, I mean, that's not uncommon. And like I said, it still allows you as an individual plenty of opportunity to study um, how to, uh, to, to get yourself into the healthiest place that you can. So good. So are there any books or anything that you would recommend for people on this topic Uh, in general? And maybe even if there's any specifically about marriage and Myers-Briggs. You know, um, I don't know that I, I know for sure I have not read any about marriage. Um, goodness, that's probably something I need to look into. (laughs) Well, and I've never, I've never actually even heard of any either. I've only heard about it in regard to motherhood and parenting and so yes. i think that's very interesting i think i think maybe there's a book out there that needs to be written megan oh, i don't know <laughs> <laughs> i don't know but um if i do I'll, I'll think on it and if i if i come across any i will i'll let you know maybe you can pop it into the show notes but gosh i'm just drawing a blank if there are any out there but i do have to say that a lot of the different profiles that you'll find online do address um relationships and marriage so even if you can't um, find a book on it, there's there's lots of information um, out there on how each type operates within a romantic relationship. And, and probably it's a lot, typically a lot easier than, than with as a mother because 
normally it's a bit of a two-way thing. So when, when we're talking about personality types in your kids, you're kind of just having to just entirely peg them and yes. work with them and all of their levels of immaturity. But with your spouse, if it is something that you're actually both interested in, then you can actually talk through it with them. They can actually figure out their own thing. So there yes. might not even be um, as many resources necessary that for that, apart from all the right. stuff that's already out there online. Right. Yes. Very cool. All right. Well, Megan, um, where can people find you again online? And what is one last encouragement you would give to the mom listening to to take the time to learn about herself and her spouse? Okay. Well, um, I would say as, you know, as we are just thinking about marriage, I think that, again, just to really reiterate the fact that this is um, not to put anybody into a box, not to just slap a label on a person. And again, not to excuse bad behavior in yourself or frankly in your spouse. A huge part of a healthy marriage is having that tough communication. Sometimes we call it that intense fellowship where you have to have those hard conversations. And and like I said, to go back to this idea that this is not an excuse, it's an explanation for why we do the things that we do. Um, Doesn't excuse um, being harsh or being irresponsible or anything like that. Um, but it does help to provide an explanation of why, why you as an individual continue, you know, make these kinds of decisions, why your husband makes these kinds of decisions. It helps to extend grace and to show love in the daily work of marriage as we begin to really come to understand each other and why we do the things that we do. And to me, um, you know, you have you have two options once you figure out your type and maybe even after your husband figures out his type, you can really just kind of lean back and say, well, that is just how God created me. I'm just always going to be flighty and irresponsible. <laughs> Too bad for you. <laughs> or you can take it as um, a challenge for growth and say, okay, the way my brain works, I tend to be a little bit flighty and flaky, but this particular thing is really important to you and I want to meet you in the middle in this. And so I'm going to put forth, I'm going to really exert myself and put forth the effort and attention needed um, so that we can come to a place of healthy understanding in our marriage in this area. So that's, that would be my biggest encouragement is to, is to just see it as a, um, the value in growth and um, drawing together closer instead of allowing it to be an excuse for different areas where things are not working. So that would be that. And in terms of finding me on the net, um, sort of crunchy.net is my blog, although I am about to close the blog after eight years of blogging. But one thing that I will continue to have where we have lots of great discussion on this stuff is my Facebook page. Um, if you look up sort of crunchy on Facebook, you'll find our community there. And we often talk about personality, uh, issues over there of all different kinds of personality systems. So we would, I would love to have anybody join us over there. Fantastic. Megan, thank you so much again. You are yes. fun to listen to. I love the way you explain things and you just have a very pleasant voice to listen well, to as well. well. As you know, I will geek out about Myers-Briggs anytime <laughs> on any topic. So thank you so much, Kat, for having me on the show again. I really appreciate being here. Awesome. Well, I hope you have a fantastic rest of the day, Megan. Thank you okay. again. All, All right. right. Bye-bye. Bye. Well, that's all that we have for today's episode of the Inspired to Action podcast. 
Thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to listen. I know that there are a million things that you could be doing right now, and I hope that this episode has encouraged you. You know, if you have any questions or suggestions for me, just head over to inspiredtoaction.com and click the contact button to send me an email. I would love to hear from you, and I would love to do whatever I can to get the resources that you need to keep growing as a mom. And if you enjoyed this podcast, it would be awesome if you take a minute to rate it on iTunes. That's going to help more moms to find it and get the encouragement that they need. And as always, you can check out all the show notes for this session at inspiredtoaction.com. And you can also download any of our free ebooks or our free prayer calendars for moms at the blog. Just go to inspiredtoaction.com and click on the resources link. And my name is Kat Lee, and I wish you an incredible day with your family. And remember, you're a mom. You're kind of a big deal. Now go be awesome. It's early in the morning, the house is quiet. But I've set aside this time for you. I bow before the throne of a noble king. And in this place, my heart begins to sing. It's gonna be a good day, a good day filled with His grace, His grace and sweet new.